Welcome to Who Kicked the Corner Flag, the Premier League slash FA Cup game show podcast recorded for your listening ears from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm your host, James Rose, and this evening I'm back with the chairman of the Spurs, Casey Fangroup, the man who still questions the authenticity of Neil Armstrong's moon landing and who shakes cans of soda before handing them to his friends. It's Jared Bustamante. You there, bud? I am here. How are you, sir? I am just grand. Thank you for asking. And to the virtual right, he's the chairman of the Arsenal KC fan group, the man whose rival tweets are more genius than those of America's current president, and whose voice has now been upgraded to sound like audio HD or a beautiful Bose speaker. It's Boyce Richardson. You there, bud? I am indeed. How are you this evening? I am just great. And we're going to start off once again with our answer to this week's social media trivia question. Uh, This week the question was, which current Premier League team lost an FA Cup final to Wigan in stoppage time? Any guesses from you guys? Uh, Wigan? Oh, I heard... uh, Yeah, to Wigan. I heard... did, Did you say Manchester City, boys? I did indeed. That would be correct. Yes, that is the answer. Just to rub it in their faces that they're not invincible. Manchester City back in 2012-13 season. They lost in stoppage time and it was just great. Um, Everyone was tipping them to win and they didn't. Thank God for Wigan. Anyway, let's swiftly move on. We are back with the top four and it obviously is an FA Cup weekend that we just had. So some of the fixtures or some of the top four things might be FA Cup related. So, Boyce, you are first this week. So, sir, what is your first guess? I'm going to take a relative stab in the dark and uh, guess that the first topic for this particular week is Arsenal's epic meltdown against Nottingham Forest. You might be correct. Uh, in fact, you are correct. Yes, uh, that is number one. Snuck in there, of course. I want to say last minute, but it did. Uh, yes, Arsenal shock loss to Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest, yes, they are a team. Uh, they do exist. Uh, they lost 4-2. Um, again, we had some pretty controversial moments. Uh, the fun stat from this one is Arsene Wenger was handed his first ever, first ever third round loss in the FA Cup. Just great. Uh, so, boys, give us the rundown. Did they deserve to lose the game? Were they even there? What's the deal? What do you think? I mean, first and foremost, I think it merits to be said that they unquestionably deserve to lose the game. I, I don't think there was even a time where they were tied or even within a goal where it looked like Arsenal deserved to be the team in the lead. And the thing is, you know, the battle for Nicholas Bentner's affection lasted for probably about 20 minutes before Nottingham Forest just ran rampant. The idea that 11 Americans couldn't take out Trinidad and Tobago, but they could say one American could take down an Arsenal is just pretty impressive. I mean, I've watched Eric Lehigh for the span of about five to six years attempt to compete on the U.S. men's national team, and I've never seen a moment of quality like that second goal. Mm. But the reality of the second goal is also that Mohamed Nini was standing there looking at the stars and potentially thinking about, I don't know, really great 90s music at the time where Eric Lehigh scored that goal. He didn't close him down. He let it take him down or let him take it down off of his chest and then just absolutely nail it into the back of the net and it was just 
it was one of those situations where I think it was bound to happen with Arsenal this year. There's not a lot of depth to the squad. Arsene Wenger tried to get away with it from the stands, hmm. where he looked very happy and unfortunately did not accept uh, Nottingham Forest's offer of the hospitality suite. But uh, <laughs> it was a situation where I think Arsenal were outclassed all day. And it's crazy because I believe that Nottingham Forest had lost something insane, like seven out of their last eight matches. They hadn't scored in a really long time, and Arsenal made them look like a Premier League club. And the first the first goal where it appears as though David Ospina and everybody else in the Arsenal defense actually forgets that the wall isn't part of the offside trap <laughs> and just allows Eric Lehigh to sit next to the near post and head in the easiest goal I've potentially ever seen, maybe that has ever been scored in the FA Cup, mm. was just so incredible that Johnny's fell silent for a little while, and we all contemplated our own existence as that ball went into the back of the net, and we were like, does Steve Bull or Arsene Wenger, does anybody on the Arsenal coaching staff actually know the rules? Oh, man. Uh, all right, Jared. I know he's licking his lips about this one. Um, let me throw in a quick stat before Jared takes the mic. Nottingham Forest currently 14th in their table. Uh, they have just sacked their manager after a 1-0 loss to Sunderland. So perhaps a team with renewed confidence. Um, I'll give you two questions with this, Jared. One, obviously, give us your breakdown of Arsenal's performance and you know your, kind of, uh, your thoughts on it. Uh, and then give us a little bit about Nottingham Forest. I know you've done your research. You're ready for this. So... Uh, so here we go, Jerry. What do you think? <clears throat> well, first of all, uh, I I think uh, Arsene Wenger can uh, uh, you know keep better, better track of his players. I read that uh, Alex Awobi, uh fined for partying forty eight hours before that FA Cup match. Uh, I think if that doesn't inform the attitude of which uh, Arsenal uh, approached this game, uh, nothing does. Uh, Wenger's post match uh, comments. I think you know I'll. I'll give him this. Uh, Arsenal, they got to play a lot of games uh, in not a lot of time. Uh, that being said, uh, hats off to Nottingham. Really just a, sh- a shock, fantastic win. Uh, my favorite stat is uh, the fact that Mr. Lehigh has a wager with his wife. Uh, on if you were to score a hat trick, this is a defender, mind you, uh, he gets a dog. And <laughs> thanks to hashtag get Eric a dog, two goals did it. And uh, uh, the Lehigh's are now the proud owner of a small French bulldog, and his name is Gunner. <laughs> I didn't know that. At this point, I would have allowed Eric Lehigh a third goal uh, during that disaster of a performance on Sunday morning. If I had known that there was a dog at the end of it, that, <laughs> that totally makes it worth it. So two points real quick. One, um, as we've discussed on this podcast before, uh, as Boyce was talking about, you know, the I, I think there's an issue with depth with Arsenal. Um, you know, we've had issues with Parameter Sacker and uh, Debushi on this podcast before. Uh, they are they were exposed. A team with the quality of Nottingham Forest able to get in behind and score those kind of goals. Uh, not something you expect of a Premier League club. Hmm. Uh, second of all, regard to uh, the Wobi issue. Um, I've been on this podcast, you know, talking about. Uh, when uh, Sergio Aguero was injured in a in an auto accident coming back from a concert in Amsterdam. The question was basically, can you keep a leash on players? Do you have to keep you know, tabs, probationary tabs on these players? And I still maintain that that's not true. I mean, this is 48 hours before the game. Um, he's been fined and disciplined by, uh, uh, by the club. Um, I am not going to go as far as to say that that's, you know, 
responsible for anything that happened here. I think it was a lack of depth uh, and, uh, frankly, a Nottingham Forest team who Arsene Wenger just, uh, has described was firing on all cylinders and uh, was sharper than they were. So hats off to Nottingham. And uh, I think this uh, uh, just exposes some of the issues that we talked about about this Arsenal squad. May Gunner the dog have a long and happy life. Uh, right, let's move on. Jared, we're over to you. We have second, third, and fourth spot still to guess. So what do you think? I'm going to go with the uh, FA Cup third round Merseyside Derby where Virgil van Dyke announces himself with authority. That would be correct, sir. Yes, that was third spot this week. So uh, that gives you the two points. Um, quick stat on Liverpool's uh, run in the FA Cup. They're now unbeaten in 16 matches against Everton, 1-8, uh, drew 8, uh, which is their longest ever unbeaten run against them. So that's uh, sort in the wound for the Merseyside fans. Um, then let's swing back to Van Dijk. Um, we talked a little bit about him, obviously, last week. Is he problem solved for them now? I mean, has he got that kind of... That toughness, that mentality that Liverpool needs in their defence, and obviously got them the winning goal. Um, what do we think? Is, is Liverpool taking shape now? Well, I think we can unpack that two different ways. Uh, if the notion that Virgil van Dijk is going to, if we're going to take this Merseyside derby where he is going to secure a uh, faltering Liverpool back line, uh, sure, I think he does that. Uh, but with the subtraction of Ross Barkley and uh, as well as the subtraction of Philippe Coutinho, that Liverpool squad, uh, you cannot say that Virgil van Dijk is now going to inject the goals that you are that you have lost with Philippe Coutinho to Barcelona. Uh, so, yes, I think he's going to square away that back line. Is he the answer? Uh, no, uh, not at all. And I'm and I'm very interested to see where Liverpool go uh, moving forward from here. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just being one game, it's really hard to tell. But um, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Uh, see what the next few uh, few games bring. Uh, Boyce uh, with Everton. Um, when they got Allardyce, they were unbeaten for I think their first seven matches. Uh, since then, they've kind of lost their way a little bit. Uh, they've lost their past three. Now, you did mention obviously way back when about Allardyce being probably the worst candidate. Do you still stay by those words, or have they changed at all? Um, what do you think? I mean, I think in the end, it's hard to argue that Allardyce has not had a pretty impressive effect on the Everton team. At, at this point, you know, when we were initially talking about Everton as a team, they were in the relegation zone. And at that time, they were really looking like they weren't ever going to get out of the relegation zone. Yeah. At this point, they're actually in ninth place, which is incredible as far as the Premier League is concerned. I mean, they're they're at 27 points. And at this point, they're... Only seven points out of 18th, but that's still pretty secure as far as this year's table goes. Mm. You know, I still think Sam Allardyce is subject to his own downfalls and will continue to be throughout the season. But I think what he did was inject enough into this Everton squad where they're at least going to stay up. And in all honesty, I, I think after the loss of Lukaku at the beginning of the year, that's really all Everton can ask for is a top 10 finish and a chance to... I mean, create at least some damage as far as the Premier League goes. They've been putting in much more respectable performances. And I really thought in that Merseyside Derby, Derby they put in a, a pretty good performance as well. It was one of those things where I don't necessarily think that it was a performance that Evertonians can be disappointed with. I mean, mm. I know that the loss probably stings, but the reality is they played pretty well throughout the course of the match. And Liverpool were the better team. And at this point, I guess Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is prepared to get his wish. He was obviously prepared. He was purchased to, you know, replace Coutinho. So 
Viacon Dios to Liverpool trying to make that happen. But, uh, you know, as far as Everton's concerned, I, I you know, they're not going to do anything of substance, but they're not getting relegated now. And I really think that that's, for this campaign, all that they can ask for. Right, uh, boys, we are back to you. We have two left, uh, second spot and fourth spot. So what do you think? I'm going to go with uh, Spurs 3-0 victory against AFC Wimbledon. That did not make the list, surprisingly. No, as much as it would have been uh, been fun to talk about the fact that Harry Kane was there. Um, that wasn't on the list. So, Jared, we're going to swing back to you. For the record, the fact that Harry Kane played at all was confusing and terrifying to me. Let's I agree. See. I, I feel like that was... <laughs> Mauricio Pochettino, for some reason, sacrificing his job when he never really needed to. That was talking about the strangest walking, thing. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> talking about walking the tightrope. But uh, uh, anyway, yeah, so Jared, what do you think? Al Davis, just win, baby. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Norwich nil-nil draw with Chelsea. That also didn't make the list. This is where it gets tough because we've got to really think about Great. those other 20 million games that were played. Uh, Boyce, we're back to you. What do you think? Jared took the one, admittedly that I was going to use. Uh, let's go with Manchester City's 4-1 victory over Burnley. That also wasn't there. Jared, you're going to get one more shot, and then I'm going to reveal the last two. So what do you think? Uh, let's see. Uh, can we make fun of Stoke some more? <laughs> yes, we can! Yes! <laughs> yes. 2-1 lost to Coventry Town. Stoke was there, yes. They lost 2-1 to Coventry uh that was the final score and of course it meant that mark hughes finally lost his job and that took second spot so that gives you three points jared so nice work on that um so jared we'll give this question to you was it a good call to sack him at this time do you think it was at that moment that it needed to happen or did they have maybe one or two games what do you think oh my god i wish i had that kind of job security like look (laughs) we Stoke has become the whipping boy of this podcast for weeks now. And what, I mean, it it just, it's become a joke. Mm. I mean, you're losing to a, what is Coventry as? First division? Second, I think. And people are going to probably, yeah. Uh, Here's the thing. The fact that we have to guess that, uh, I I just, you know what? It's time. There was uh, a post from Premier League in the USA. There's a fellow wearing a Stoke uh, kit and it said, uh, uh, she asked, uh, it's either me or Stoke. And I told her goodbye. Like, that is no longer, that is not true. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, just take the girl, like, she likes you. That's enough. Stoke, you're a Stoke supporter. This club doesn't like you. So it's time. Burn it down. The Potters need uh, a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, Stoke have won two of the last ten and lost seven um again costing mark hughes's job uh boyce who do you think would be a suitable candidate at stoke moving forward do you have any guesses or any ideas what do you think i legitimately have no idea i mean when you consider the fact that basically everyone in the old guard of coaches whether or not it be sam allardyce roy hodgson mark hughes was part of that old guard as well it's sort sort of floating around the Premier League at this point, and there's no way that Stoke City is going to welcome back Tony Poulos. So hmm. I legitimately have no idea who would be willing to take that job. It is a roster bereft of both defensive and offensive talent. Hmm. They are in 18th place right now on 20 points. 
they yet still somehow have the worst goal differential in the league. And again, just because I like adding salt to the wound and insult to injury, they still somehow beat Arsenal. <laughs> did they? Just, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> it did 1-0, and it was pathetic. That team, you know, Shakiri's on that team. There are, I guess, manifestations of potential possibility on the offensive end, although Arnautovic is gone. Jeff Cameron showed himself to be terrible during the World Cup qualifying campaign in 2016, and he has continued to show himself to be terrible for that team as well. I they, I don't think they have any hope, and part of that is just pure animosity. I'm ready for them to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about their potential relegation. I wish that Mark Hughes had stuck around, but I don't think that it really matters. <laughs> Uh, the last one I'll give to you guys. It was a tricky one, but it did make the list. Oh, um, wait. I think I've got Oh, yeah. Go for it. What do you think? I'm not saying I get the points. I just want to guess. Uh, use of VAR in a disallowed goal, uh, or an allowed goal, rather, with Palace versus Bristol. You, my friend, have absolutely nailed it. Yes, that is absolutely correct. The introduction of video assistance referees, which was introduced during the Brighton game, um, which again opens kind of this whole new topic that we've kind of flirted with before and the use of video assistance in, in soccer. Um, so, Jared, I'll give you this question. Is it a good introduction? Is it a little too soon? Do we need more of it? What do you think? Oh, God, heavens no. I, it, it is, you will never find a bigger criticism of uh, replay or video assistant refereeing than me. Um, you know, you take Roy Hodgson's comments after uh, after the game, and I'll give this to him. You know, he he was you know pretty gracious uh, uh, in in the allowance of that goal. But I think if you look at that interview, he he really highlights some of the issues with it. It's like, look, like you you start parsing and just discussing things at at ad nauseum, and mm. at the end of the day, you have referees on the pitch that are there to make calls. And I think uh, uh, soccer is a unique animal uh, when it comes to these kinds of calls. I mean, we're not talking about uh, you know the NFL trying to drop a uh, a book on me to describe to me what the hell a catch is. Uh, uh, we don't have these kinds of situations. So, no, I I am vehemently anti VAR. I think I will defer to Roy Hodgson as somebody who's kind of on the on, on the receiving end of that. Is going look, all right, it's fine. I would have been upset if it were one of my players and it was disallowed. So I saw, you know, I saw the perspective and all that and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, no, keep it out. Keep it out. Um, it is interesting because the NFL, of course, has, has had it for well, perhaps their inception. But anyway, um, a lot of it, there's been a lot of criticism with it recently there, with it being like overanalyzed, like referees taking it a little too far with the calls and it almost ruining the play. So, Boyce, I mean, almost the same question to you. Do you think it's it's time for this VAR in, in soccer or in the Premier League, or is it you know, one step too soon? Unsurprisingly, you'll find that I absolutely disagree with Jared on this particular topic. <laughs> I, I think it's more than time. I, I think when you look at American football and you're talking about a series of plays over the course of time, each of which could potentially be determinative for the rest of the game— And then you look at European football where there are one or two plays that directly contribute to the outcome of the game. And I will take the Arsenal-Nottingham Forest match 
with the precursor that I readily acknowledge that Arsenal deserved the loss. But when you're talking about a situation where there was, on slow replay, an obvious double tap of the ball, and that PK should not have counted, it matters. It's not to say that Arsenal would have come back and drawn that game, nor that they deserved any points out of the game. It is to say that it is hard to catch things with the eye. And you look back, even at Arsenal's last few matches, where you talk about that Mike Dean call against West Brom. You know, it's a situation where almost every expert who's tackled the topic says that that's not a PK. I think with the aid of VAR, Arsenal gets two points back. And whether or not it's a question of the fact that they deserve those three points total or not, I think it's something that needs to happen. And certainly there should be a way to manage it that's expedited, whether or not it's a booth in an alternative area. But I think you see on a week-to-week basis, and I got that Antonio Conte actually was very good about this, where he was talking about the fact that after the end of that Arsenal-Chelsea match, he, he talked about the fact that Arsene Wenger should also recognize that he was able to get away with a few calls. I think that's true as well. But I think we need to be in a position where the officials actually get the call right. And at this point, you know, it, it's weird to say this, but I actually agree with Arsene Wenger. I, I think the quality of EPL officiating has deteriorated to a point where we almost need VAR to be able to save it. Uh, it's been terrible this campaign, not just with Arsenal, with a litany of other teams. And either we need to hold the centers of accountable for the poverty decisions that they make, or we need a way to rectify them that actually allows the game and match to, to end as it should. Mm, yeah. I, well, I think the hard part there, and I'll, and I'll counter this real quick. Is boys, I think the issue what we have is you're talking about having a VAR come in and discuss things like uh, uh, intent. I mean, the big issue with that Mike Dean call, as you and 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 a lot of the experts have said, was well, there was no way that you know it was hand the ball, so to speak, and that was the issue in the Palace game where you're talking about are we going to review intent? I mean, there's a difference between reviewing whether or not somebody was on or offside and then bringing the ball back versus was there intent to uh, handle the ball in the box or something like that? And we're talking about replay in the NFL. Intent has nothing to do with it. Mm. I, video replay has never been employed to determine whether or not somebody was you know, guilty of a personal foul or you know, I, uh, of, of an intentional face mask or anything like that. Those are actually explicitly carved out to be not part of the rules. So I'm, that's what makes soccer so unique and, in my view, not able to be overanalyzed, as, as James was saying, uh, when it comes to video assistant referees. Because at the end of the day, you're talking about really what everyone is afraid of, which is going and gleaning intent from those super slow motion plays in the box. And I guarantee you, if this becomes the norm in 10 years, we're going to be lamenting it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I will say this, though. With the, with respect to the Mike Dean call in the West Brom game, I, I think you have to look to the fact that when Mike Dean's making that call, he throws his elbow over his outside shoulder as if that's what Callum Chambers has done. And I agree with Jared generally about the idea of intent. I think in that particular perspective, Mike Dean should probably be looking about where his arm is. And I don't even think it's necessarily a question of intent. I think it's a question of where the arm actually is versus where Mike Dean has fictitiously imagined it to be. Mm -hmm. But 
I don't disagree with Jared's overall assertion about intent. I, I certainly don't want it to get there. I just think in some certain or in some certain circumstances, you're talking about a situation where it's just so obvious that intent doesn't even come into the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is interesting because it is very two sided at this point, and uh, I guess we'll see what happens in the future. <laughs> Uh, we're going to swiftly move on. We've got just one more game today uh, in our FA Cup edition, and that is Team Profile. Um, so it's basically the same game as Player Profile, but this time I'll be giving you five clues to different FA Cup teams. Uh, each of these teams, of course, played in the fixtures over the weekend, but may not all be Premier League teams. So this is going to be really interesting. Uh, as always, uh, the first person to shout in and correctly guess said player wins the two points. Uh, but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. This is going to be great. You guys ready? Without question. I've obviously been studying all weekend. Absolutely. Figured you were. Uh, right. Here we go then. Uh, the first team is a second division team <laughs> known as the Sky Blues also have the word city in their name yes boys i'm gonna go with coventry city just for fun you are absolutely correct sir yes the answer is coventry city (laughs) nailed it good stuff got the two points i'll give you the last two clues because they're kind of fun Uh, um the team that once beat Spurs in the FA Cup final back in 1987, sad but true, um, and the team to beat Stoke this week. That probably would have guessed it. Um, right, moving on. Uh, number two. Used to be in the Premier League, known as the Latics, have won the FA Cup at least once in their team history. Once managed by Roberto Martinez. Jared. Yes, Jared. Leeds. Leeds is incorrect, I'm afraid. Uh, boys, this last one's for you then. Second name of team is Athletic. Wigan. Wigan Athletic, yes. That is absolutely correct. And that also gets you the next set of two points. Good stuff. We just have two left. And here is the third one. Uh, a current Premier League team. They haven't won the Premier League title in a while. But they have won two consecutive FA Cups. And the last clue, Boyce supports them. (laughs) Boyce. Yes, Boyce. The answer is Arsenal. The answer is definitely Arsenal. And I was hoping you might get it before I had to give away the most obvious clue of this whole podcast. Um, But yes, Arsenal is the correct answer. Also gets you the two points. And the final one of this week. The team was knocked out this weekend. The scoreline was 2-1. They made the FA Cup final back in 2011, but lost to Manchester City. A current Premier League team. Oldest club in the Premier League. Jared. Yes, Jared. (laughs) Stoke. We love Stoke because they're the oldest club in the Premier League. But yes, you are absolutely correct. That gets you the two points. Nice work. Oh, that was that was fun. Um, right at the end of the contest today. Congratulations, Boyce. You have won with ten points. Jared trails with just seven. So that takes the series score now five. Jared four. Boyce. Ooh, it is tight and it's getting interesting. Um, so nice work, Boyce. Any words of victory? No. There, there was no victory this week. There was only sadness. So there are only words of sadness. And uh, 
Damn Sergio Aguero for scoring a goal in the 93rd minute today in their League Cup tie against Bristol City. That one but he's, it hurt. It hurt. It stung. Um, right. The head is, <laughs> that's all we have time for today. Uh, big thanks again to Jared Bustamante and Boyce Richardson. Uh, we do have a brand new updated website. Uh, do check it out at www.kickflag.com. Uh, and of course, be sure to check out our other social media platforms, facebook.com slash kickcornerflag and our Twitter page at kick corner flag uh jared any last words i just love the fact that joe hart wore a baseball cap this weekend (laughs) (laughs) oh man great way to sign off uh good stuff right that's it for this week take it easy have a good week and bye-bye